0: Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary, Fran, and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. And before we jump into the really cool stuff that we're going to bring you today, we have a super important message for you.
0: Did you hear that Brilliantly Resilient? The book is out in the world and it landed on the top 100 best sellers list. That's where it debuted. We're so excited. Go get it at amazon.com. Search Brilliantly Resilient and you'll see it in Kindle and paperback. Enjoy hey everybody welcome to another episode of brilliantly resilient live I'm Kristen Smedley with my partner in crime here Mary Fran Bontempo and we have a, a new friend that we're bringing on today um, especially I am especially interested to take a deep dive into the work that Sherry Morris does now I'm gonna I'm gonna give this disclaimer out to you all for those of you listening that have not been through divorce and are Well, we are approaching the holidays. You might be considering it after spending a lot of time together. (laughs) Just kidding. But if you are not in the divorce world and think maybe this episode isn't for you, I want you to stay tuned because there are some topics we're going to talk about that really um, are through lines that lots of us are dealing with, especially in these, these lovely times that we're in. So without further ado, Sherry, thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Kristen, thank you and Mary Fran for having
0: me. Awesome. So here's the thing. Let's just talk about my divorce and help me figure it out. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> Let's do it. Let's dig right in. I'm ready.
0: I love that your, your website is called deardivorcecoach.com. It's like, because you feel, I, and I'm, I was laughing when I read that and I was writing it down in my notes and I'm like, in the beginning of my journey, which I'm now five years in, I would have been like in tears, dear divorce coach, you know, and then I have all this, this different elements. Now I'm like, I feel like I'm in the mode. I've gone through the anger mode, like dear divorce coach, you know, and now I'm in the, Dear divorce coach. Look what you've done for me. Like bam, look at this woman, but I certainly didn't start the journey like this. So so I'm we're interested to unpack how you got into this field and and what we can do for folks that are just in the sucker punch of this happening now and then along their journey. So
1: so I just got to set you
2: up for some really. Big I, I what a great lead-in! Thank you, and I think you hit sort of all the high points. Which is exactly, you know, when I when clients potential clients reach out to me, they can be all over the board, right? Mm. So I will talk to people who are contemplating, in the midst of, or even have post divorce difficulties. So I hit kind of all those stages. And I see all kinds of grief, all kinds of anger, all kinds of joy, all kinds of what the, you know, (laughs) happened here and what should I do? And so I I think you really captured that brilliantly. I came to this work as a lawyer. So I'm a lawyer by training and long practice. And it was my own divorce that shifted my focus. So I took the skills I had that I would say lean to the analytical And then added some yoga teacher training, some, you know, emotional deep diving of my own. Um, I am not a therapist, um, but I play one on TV. (laughs) I, I really don't. I don't do therapy. I do coaching with specificity. But the skills obviously have a certain intersection, but the difference is also pretty clear. So rather than, you know, putting you on a couch, Kristen, which I'm sure you don't need and having you lie there and tell me about your relationship with your mother and how that may lead, you know, to the issues you have in your marriage, and that may all be true, we're going to focus on what behaviors you have now that are interfering with your joy, with your happiness, with your peace. And we're going to help you um, and not just you, everybody else, maybe Mary Fran and, you know, people who are listening, get out of their own way. So it's really about how do we deescalate conflict? And sometimes we're only fighting ourselves. So how do we figure that out if we're in what I like to think of as the life transition space? So yes, it's divorce because it's Dear Divorce Coach. And, And by the way, the name is based on advice column I have in my website. So people do write that, dear divorce coach, I can't take it anymore. Not one minute. What should I do? So that's that's what I do all day long and why I do it. But it's really a shifted skill set from what I did before. But I will take people through any stage of conflict that they have, including co-parenting, because I work with individuals, but I also work with couples, which is my sweet spot. And we can talk more about that if you have questions.
1: Boy, you hit on so many things that are, that are uh, of interest. And I am not, uh, I have not taken that journey um, of divorce, but but (laughs) there are so many things that you talk about that do transcend um, that state because it's about mindset. First of all, you talked about taking the skills that you have. And, and adding things to them. That's what we talk about in, in being brilliantly resilient and taking those transferable skills. So first of all, I imagine you can advise your clients to do that, um, number one. And number two, that idea of what behaviors do you have? You'll see me taking notes. What behaviors do you have now that are interfering with your joy? And the idea you talked at the very beginning about anger and grief. And I imagine that is so overpowering for many of the people that you see. So how do you lead them when they're in the midst of this past that? So the
2: first thing I do, Mary Fran, is try to deescalate. So I try to bring them to a more neutral space. And that's a coaching skill, right? So what we do is try to take the sting out of every interaction with their Mm. partner or former partner. We try to give the client some skills about talking and interacting with their children so that even if they are in an emotional maelstrom, they learn how to communicate better with people that are impactful and still important in their lives, including their co-parent,
1: but also how to be gentler with themselves. Hmm. That's, and I imagine that's essential because there's, probably a lot of the blame game going on. And while it's, it's probably a lot of finger pointing in the other direction, I would also imagine there are those people that feel like I failed. And that's got to be a real challenge to get back to a happy place. Well, it's true.
2: And if you'll notice when we look around, and I don't know how it was for Kristen, but sometimes people you think and you count on and are going to be brilliant during any difficulty in your life just aren't there anymore. And maybe, no, not maybe, it is because of their own difficulty. Hmm. Maybe they can't help you because they can't help themselves. Maybe their marriage is fragile enough that they feel threatened by this life transition you're experiencing. But what I find is people show up when they can, which is terrific. But those that can't, it's not about you. It's about them. So it's really important for my clients to understand that. And again, taking the sting out by explaining that, by sharing the universal experience that that happens. The people that can be there for you are really the ones you want anyway. And so how do we tell ourselves the right things about this, which is we haven't failed. We are now transitioning to another stage of life. This relationship, if it isn't working brilliantly and resiliently for both partners, It's probably better on balance, especially if you don't have a choice to decide to move forward and not to hang on to that stuff that you can't control, because that's where the grief comes and the anger when we're trying to hold on to something that doesn't exist any longer.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's where like I call it the um, the blame shame game because you're blaming the other one because you've got the shame and then it, and you feel like everybody's talking about you because it failed. And it just is this, for me, it was this horrible cycle that would not stop in my head. And one thing, and you can probably attest to this, Sherry, is that I realized people don't actually talk about you as much as you think that they do because they really are concerned about them. (laughs) You you
2: nailed it. You certainly hit the nail on the head. You know, we should be so lucky that people are that interested in us. Right. And so, um, you know, that is also true, but there can be grief around that, you know, when they just don't know how to deal with you because you don't have a partner to bring to that dinner party and they don't know how to figure that out. They can't figure out that somebody can come just themselves and would be comfortable or at least give you the choice. Right. So It really, I think that the main takeaway on on that point about people in your life who can't manage anymore to deal with you, even if it's because they say it's your fault, you're the bad person, it's about their skills and their discomfort and their stuff. And so getting into that mindset, Mary Fran, I think, you know, talking about mindset really matters because it can shift how we behave, which is really as a coach, what I'm looking for you to do.
1: So for some reason, the word surrender just popped into my head Mm. and I feel like there has to be a level of surrender, but people fight that because they think of it as a loss. But it seems to me that especially in this situation, it can be very freeing. Is that something that you kind of offer to people that perspective as well?
2: I, first of all, I'm writing down surrender. I'm going to use that in my next 10 social media posts. Thank you.
1: (laughs) That's why I love these conversations.
2: I mean, I know for me in my own divorce control was so important and how my children are and how everybody's doing and why my ex won't do X and Y and Z. (sighs) And it's exhausting. And once I took the skills that I knew intellectually and started implementing them to do the surrender, to let go. Can you let it go is on a lighted whiteboard in my office for my clients. And my answer to that question is so often, no, no, I can't. I'm too attached to it. But when you can surrender, it's, it's a great use of the term. That's exactly when the shift occurs.
1: Ugh. I love that. That's, that has helped me in many ways in my own life. This is why I knew this conversation would transcend the divorce topic, because when we are running into that brick wall over and over and over again, surrender is not a failure. It's freedom. Well
2: said, well said. And it's interesting. I see it, you know, in other areas of my life, I see it in other areas of my clients' lives. When we allow people to show up as they can and take them as they are and respond as we need to and that work successfully for whatever it is we need, that's when the sweet spot happens, right? So whether we're co-parenting, parenting a child, dealing with a friend, um, that's when it works, right? And and that's the sweet spot. But it sometimes takes a while, especially if we've lived our lives in a way where control has has played
0: a large role. Yeah. You know, I always uh, talk about in the beginning of, well, I'm one of those people, Sherry, that you should know this about me. I really (laughs) handle conflict well and change is just my thing. No, I don't. I've gotten better. (laughs) I've gotten better because of the show is how I've gotten better. But I was always, you know, such a planner and I had goals and finish lines. And it was when I would get, didn't even matter, divorce, I'm raising two blind kids, diagnosis day, all of those things. When it derails my plans, that was what. This is what I've uncovered over the past five years. That's where the root of of my upsetment and spiral comes from. Not necessarily. I mean, that was a marriage that needed to end way before it actually ended. It should have been me jumping up and clicking my heels, saying "Whoa," you know. But it was the oh my god. I had this plan. I had the fiftieth wedding anniversary. You know, all of that in my mind, and now that wasn't going to happen. And that was the biggest thing for me to get my head around that control, that planning. And then when I realized when I would just shift it to, whoa, yeah, I'm not going to have that 50th wedding anniversary. I mean, unless I live to be like a gajillion years old, but the opportunity that it gave for me to do the things that I wanted without all of the conflict that was there and to be able to just take a breath and figure out who I was has been what catapulted my life. Now I say that and Mary Fran is going to take a nap after hearing me say that because of the work that it took and the amount of hair extensions that it took after my hair fell out to get there was it was a lot of work.
2: Well, it's so interesting. And what I noticed about what you shared, Kristen, and thank you for that. That's so important. I think that people understand we're all on this journey. As we share these messages, it's our own work as well. And I think you may have started to notice it's when things are going off the rails, that's where the enrichment occurs. When the work of the beauty of our life, the messiness, oh, it's hard for me to think about messy, is where when we start to let go, people show up, new opportunities show up, the actual stuff that we thought we wanted doesn't matter so much anymore, and the rest of it, you know, it's it's the cracks exist and the light comes in, right? And oh, so I <laughs> that's that's what I, I see with my clients. It's when they start to you know loosen the reins, notice that they're uncomfortable with that, but, oh, I just noticed that something happening over here with this person I didn't think was important or this new job opportunity, or my kid is talking to me again. Mm. And how did that happen? We, we let
1: go a little bit. That's genius. I mean, that is really genius. And Kristen and I talk about all that all the time, finding your brilliance and your strength and your opportunity in the midst of those challenges, because that is really, um, we we talk about how the challenges, and in this case, it's divorce, it takes away so much of your identity, takes away who you thought you were, it takes away where you thought you were going. And that's got to be devastating for people. But When you can help them to make that shift of, you know, like this is, you ain't getting this back. So let's figure out where to go from here. Well,
2: it's an interesting point. I think identity is a crucial topic because so many of my clients say, this is how I imagine my life, just as Kristen was sharing. Right. Mm -hmm. And when that no longer exists, they can become very depressed, very anxious. Who am I? And we begin once we dig in and say, but what's the opportunity? What's next for you? And and sometimes it doesn't have to be, right, a divorce as you're talking to other, you know, another audience as well. It's whatever's happening in your life that's changing, that's forcing a change, right? That's, again, where that opportunity exists. Look around and notice. Notice what's different that could be good, even if you may not have recognized it previously as a positive. Just embrace it. Just step into it. Just lean into it a little bit and see what happens.
1: I'm scribbling away here because it's 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 very very true we we you know it's it's a it's a natural human inclination to see something sad as all sad and it's rarely that it's rarely all anything
2: it's really true and in my own life for example stepping out of my marriage i now have a wonderful partner someone who's a really good fit i now have the opportunity to be a step parent which is both, you know, brilliant and hard, but it's expanded my base, right? Like it's expanded my expertise. It's expanded my ability to work with clients in many areas. And that's what I see for my clients. These are all experiences, whatever, whether it's divorce or another big shift in your life, you now have increased your
1: wisdom. Use it. Notice it. Hmm, I love that. So I'm sure this is a a topic that, that Kristen could relate to as well, but you do a lot of work with co-parenting and I know that's gotta be probably the hardest part. I think maybe of, of divorce because you're still tied together. When you have children, you're tied together. You can't completely walk away from this person. So how, how does that shake out for most of your clients or maybe not most of them? It's probably very different for everyone.
2: Well, it's interesting because the people who need co-parenting work tend to be the ones that are either very self-aware and both are very interested in being cooperative or they have such intractable conflict that you wonder if any progress can be made, right? Mm -hmm. So it is the hardest work I do and sometimes the best work I do. I love it when I have both people in the relationship in my office, um, virtually or in person, because then I have both parts of the system. I can't change anybody they have to agree that they're going to create a shift and sometimes by the way it's one person that is absolutely committed to the conflict. I love that term
1: committed, committed to the conflict. To the conflict. <laughs> yeah, I imagine some people hold on to it tight-fisted because it validates them.
2: Absolutely. And so what I tell the person who says to me I'm doing everything I can I'm you know, I'm, you know, dancing as fast as I can and I can't create a shift. And I say, stop that. Stop that. Just stop what you're doing. You will not be able to do better than you're doing. Continue to be neutral. Don't, you know, retort with the negative comments, just let it be. But you have this dynamic and yes, it is not with Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin had, it. and there's a grief culturally, right? When we can't have that perfect co-parenting relationship, mm-hmm but do what you can show up for yourself and your children and let the rest go. That's the hardest message is for those people who have a really difficult co-parent who won't get out of their own way, what do I do? And I say, keep doing what you're doing, stay neutral, don't get dragged in because it's not good for you, but your peace is not going to be found in relation to your former partner. It's going to be found in how you talk to your kids, How you teach them to deal with difficult people, because guess what? Mm -hmm. That's their parent. And they likely need to know how to rebound from this as well, how to be resilient in the face of difficulty. So that's I I love that work. I love that space. It can also really transform people's lives, I think.
0: You know, what you just said is is incredibly important. And it's what I've learned the past couple of years, because we have the I'm I don't like to use the word unfortunate, but for my kids, it's an unfortunate situation that, that the other parent is that committed to conflict. Yes. There's, there's a, a some kind of issue there, but it is what it is. So for the people that are listening, that they have that type of high conflict cannot figure it out. It actually does. It, it's another one of those processes, but I can tell you that everything you're saying is a hundred percent true. When I stopped utilizing every ounce of energy to try to finally make it no conflict or to make the send the right email just the right way that it wouldn't tr- cause another lawsuit you know what i mean like when i would try i just stopped i just i did a lot of research and i just stopped engaging and only short answers and only what i had to and i focused on my role with my kids and how that now like you're saying how to help them now i mean they're they're college and high school so they have to now as young adults understand how to manage this. And I keep telling them that when some big thing happens in this relationship, it's actually a blessing that we can walk through while they're still close to me, while they're in proximity, close to me, get tools and strategies of how to figure it out. But man, I can say that with a smile now. (laughs) That is a process.
2: It is a process, and you, you don't know it until you experience it, right? And you you can think that the more I do, the better it will get, no matter what, and it just doesn't. So I think giving your kids the tools, and, and that's the new lens, right? That's the new mindset. I'm going to help my kids deal with a difficult parent, because they are going to have to deal with this person for the rest of their lives. So I... You also get to be imperfect, Kristen. I really like people to know this. It doesn't mean you will never say something about your co-parent, hey, I'm really struggling here to deal with this. In fact, seeing not that your children need to be enmeshed with that, that's a very different thing, but seeing that you have difficulty that you have to deal with and that you're going to do that and still be okay is really important. I mean, one of the things we we talk about as we think about this next generation, sort of our children's ages, are how are they going to cope as adults? Are we giving them skills to, to deal with difficulty? Because, you know, if you watch a lot of TikTok, you'll see a lot of fragility, right? A lot of, I have a lot of trauma. I don't know what to do with it. Well, we need to be doing the things with our kids that help them learn how to take care of themselves right ultimately it's not ours to do it's theirs to do and and certainly good therapeutic tools help with that as well but i think the role modeling that we can offer is really important
0: so that's interesting i do think that i mean that's that's my number one learning style i believe is is learning from role models if he if she could do it i could do it uh, but there's so much science to that of just seeing other, uh, what, what is um, Justin Batt, our daddy, daddy Saturday guy always says in his stuff, um, more, more is caught than taught and taught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a through line of everything that Justin does. Um, And I believe that that is so true. And it's funny because this is the point that I'm at right now. I am trying to, because I don't want to say anything about the other one to them. I don't want to chime into there when they come home so angry. So I I saw all the things that I can't do. Right. And then I'm like, well, what can I do? And that's what I'm like, well, they can watch me continue to soar, to not engage. And in our house, it's a big um, humor is the thing that we always come to. To when there's nothing else, you you just find some fun giffies to send each other in text.
2: Fantastic. I think, you know, I always say to my clients, if we're not crying, we should be laughing. So let's laugh together. Let's poke a little fun at the absurdity of the situation we find ourselves in you know, it doesn't have to be divorce. It can be anything, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and co-parenting can be one of those or, you know,
1: dealing with a parent.
2: I mean, I'm sure they have some choice things to say about us occasionally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How they could, who knows, but no, yes. shocking. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, um, one of my favorite movies is that Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And at one point in the movie, Paul Rudd is trying to, to teach the other guy to surf and he keeps telling him, pop down do less, pop down, pop down, do less, do less. Cause he's jumping up and he's trying to do this, that, and the other thing. And I think the tendency is to try to manage every facet of this whole thing. And it really does, as we've talked about many times, these traumas take away all the stuff that you thought was important and pop down and do less, like just focus on the stuff that is going to have a more lasting effect and help everybody to cope with the transition because it's probably important to point out to everyone too, this is a transition. It won't always be like this. It's really true. And one of the,
2: one of the, you know, systems least designed um, for co-parenting and for divorce is the family law system, the court Mm -hmm. system. I just Mm want to, you know, say that out loud because it is not the place you want to be in Mm -hmm. these matters. And so the, the pop down and do less is, Absolutely brilliant and will likely get you on a path that's better. Now, we don't always have the choice, right? Because you have that litigious former spouse. But do everything you can to get out of that system because, in the long run, it's just usually not one that's going to serve anybody, including the adults or children.
1: Hmm, That's great advice and something that I would not have thought of, and something probably that most people think when you are in that state of anger and frustration, well, fine, we'll just go to court over it. And without the realization that it's not really in anyone's best interest. So that's a great piece of advice.
2: Yeah, I always like to say, you know, you think you're gonna show up to uh, in front of a judge and you're gonna tell them your story and it's gonna be brilliant and they're gonna get it and they're gonna punish the hell out of your former spouse. And the usual reality is you get a judge who's gotten up on the wrong side of the bed yeah. and he or she is like, having a bad day and they just don't like the look of you. Maybe you look too good, maybe you look too bad, whatever it is, and they don't know anything about you or your story and you certainly don't get to tell it and then you're done and the decision may not go your way. So, you never want someone who doesn't who knows much less about you and your situation making your life decisions. That's not just in divorce, right? Like that's anywhere. So, in in my view, it's allowing yourself to Learn how to manage your situation, doing the best you can for your children, for yourself, and then letting the rest go. Hmm.
0: You know, it's interesting too, Sherry. What I love about the work that you do is, um, you know, for us, we here at Feeling the Resilient, we talk about building a tribe, right? And having people around you that can give you tools, give you support, you know, be the one that cheers you on what I think happens a lot of times, especially in divorce and, and in a lot of the work that we do in, in resilience where people get hit by these sucker punches, we end up with other people that have, that are in the same boat. And, and a lot of times that boat is a bunch of bitching. (laughs) The boat is going to go down. You know what I mean? And there's no one that has that lens of let's, let's unpack some of this. Let's leave some of this over here. Let, you know what? It, and I, I will say I, I was lucky with the, the women. When I started my divorce journey, there was a, a friend of mine that was about two years ahead. She had done it all by no one else in this town had had been through it all. And she's, as, as all these marriages were crumbling, she was just like, come to my kitchen table, come to my kitchen table. And we, I mean, a bunch of us spent our first Thanksgiving without our kids at that kitchen table. And it was a very empowering, it was a very empowering thing to be able to say, Oh my gosh, this person knows exactly what I'm feeling as all these families are together in church and we're not, but there comes an element of, I'm just one of those people that I, I, I couldn't do the misery the whole time. You know what I mean? Like then it's good. There has to be other people that can pull you out of that and give you that perspective that you need instead of just, you know, everybody nicknaming their ex <laughs> and putting, and putting funny ringtones on the your phone. <laughs>
2: Well, it's true. And it's one of my primary objections is too strong a word. Um, But primary concerns about any divorce groups, some of them online, primarily online, where it becomes a deep dive into how terrible, right, your spouse is and everybody's spouses and how, you know, no one can be trusted. They're all bad people. Really, we need a space for that. Yes, I've had this difficulty but I would always want the flip side of it. Well, what are you going to do about it? What are you doing for yourself and your kids? So it's making the space for both. It was so important that you sat at that table and that you could cry. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's also important to say, what are we doing tomorrow? And that's where I think if we continue to support each other in these positive ways, it's not that it's all happy, 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 joy, joy all the time, but it's what's next. What's next? And that's, for me, the key. It's like, how do you want to live the rest of your life in relation to this person? Or do you have other ideas? And that's where I think the empowerment comes and the shift can be from too much negativity to let's keep going and be curious about it.
0: Yeah, I love it.
1: A big part of your work is pretty much refocusing the lens on not the pain of the moment, but You know, this is real. We get it. But you, Kristen and I, this is one of our through lines. You have to make the decision. Are you going to live in that space or are you just visiting? And that's, you know, it's, it sounds to me like that is a big part of your work is to refocus people and say, look, you're not going to live here forever. So let's at least start to look at what might be next
0: for you.
2: Let's not be stuck in your story. Let's not be stuck in my story. None of us should be stuck in our story because it doesn't define our whole lives. It defines certainly a moment in time. It can even be years in time. But getting out of the stuckness is really what it's all about from my perspective. Love it, love it. This has been a great that.
0: conversation today. And, and I, I, I really, um, I really appreciate the work that you do. And I want people out there that are listening, um, guys or girls that are going through a, a divorce journey or considering it, build a team, build a tribe around you and make sure you have somebody like Sherry on that team. Cause you, you need, you need your mom that is going to plot his death. You need her. When you, can her. <laughs> you need your friends. I have girlfriends that said, as soon as I told them what's happening, they were like, well, my, one of my girlfriends said. I've got a great shovel <laughs> and everybody. <laughs> you need your need sisters. Or- yeah. You need yeah. your sisters. You need the ones that are going to help you figure out your finances and make sound decisions, but you need somebody like Sherry that is going to be on the team to help you look through the right lens. And like you said, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do next instead of being stuck in that story? So thanks so much for the work that you do. And thanks for being here. And tell us us where we can find you because
1: I would imagine that you will be flooded with Dear Divorce Coach letters after all of this.
2: I sure hope so. I sure hope so because I need to post those columns every week. So (laughs) you can find me most easily at deardivorcecoach.com and all of my social media is there. You can schedule a Zoom discovery session. I want to meet you. I want to know you. I do want to hear your story and I want to know what we can do to start the shift, whether it's referrals to legal, financial, therapeutic professionals, or mindset work, we're gonna get you there. So
0: stop awesome.
2: it dear divorce coach and we'll talk.
0: That's Terrific. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Sherry. And thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. If you go to brilliantlyresilient.net, blink three times, a magic window appears and you can put in your email address and get a bit of brilliance delivered right to your email box every week. And in a couple of weeks, as this episode airs, you'll see a bit of brilliance from Sherry. So thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.